everyone, welcome to the Invisible Club. This is Yasuha. <laughs> this is Tomoka. And this is Ken. And... <laughs> yes, today we have we have our beloved guest Ken. Um, so can you? I'll just give you a little bit of context. So Ken is my friend from high school, but um, it's it's really not bizarre, but it's pretty. Interesting how we connected pretty recently. Like I never thought that we were gonna be talking this much. We were gonna be this close. So Ken, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Ken Moynister. Uh, as Tomoka said, uh, we went to the same middle school, high school. Uh, uh, senior year of my high school with Tomoka, I decided to move to the states. Uh, I'm currently resident of Arizona, Phoenix. Uh, finished high school over here. Uh, went to college for a semester. Uh, realized how expensive college is. Uh, decided to take a pause, and uh, I picked up a camera afterwards. And uh, I really fell in love with it. You know, uh, I take photos, did videos, uh, met with local other photographers, and I kind of never went back to college. And I kept uh, pursuing the career of becoming a professional photographer, videographer. Wow. Yep. I feel like there's already a lot of things to touch on, like within that. I don't know, like thirty twenty second introduction, mm-hmm. self introduction. Maybe it's uh, it's good for me to uh, explain a little bit about my background. I think so. Yeah. So my mom's Japanese, yeah. and my dad's mm-hmm. American. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually born in Japan. Uh, I, I lived in the states for three four years. Uh, I don't talk too much about this section because uh, I really don't have any memory. I really have my first memories are pretty much in Japan, uh, being at my grandparents' place uh, in Himeji. Uh, so yeah, then pretty much to all the way to, you know, sometimes I, I visited America because I have like my dad's side family. So, you know, I was a little familiar. My dad helped me out with my basic English. So I was okay, like speaking and like, you know, a little bit of reading, but not so much writing. And then I guess uh, 17, I moved over here and my English side kind of proved is kind of my basic background, you know, culture, history kind of stuff. I think pretty much you can tell from like this self-introduction, but like Ken is like really the most um, inspiring friends that I have. And I have a lot of respect towards him. So like, I really have a lot of um, questions I wanted to ask you and like stories that I want you to share right here. So just wanting to like digging into like your personal history and your like background and story like what led you to photography like when I knew you I didn't know you were interested in photography and then it was after you went to the states that you started to like you know take the take the camera and doing all those activities and so like how did that happen how did you get into photography uh I guess I had a lot of time on hand, you know, uh, once you stop doing school, like school was for life. And when, you know, summer vacation, I played tennis all the time. So it's like mm-hmm. I-, I was always doing something, not having a whole lot of just open free time. So not mm-hmm. going to college, I suddenly had so much time on hand. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it allowed me some space to do something else or look on a different, you know, look different directions. And um I met a couple YouTubers, right, uh, that I kind of thought they were super cool. They were producing these photos and videos. And I was like, you're telling me that I can buy the same camera and essentially produce the same stuff. So I was like, okay, that is super cool. And at the time, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of hiking, going to a lot of, you know, in nature and wanted to take some photos of the landscape. And that was kind of the initial initial step of me, like, purchasing a camera. Mm-hmm. Did you have any, like, I don't know, did you have any, like, intuition or something when you held the camera, like, the first time, or, like, oh, like, this is actually it, like, I'm oh yeah probably, wow, yeah, how did that, how how was that, like, what was it, like, how did it feel? Uh, Well, it just felt like I I immediately asked myself, like, why did I not do this sooner? So that's when I kind of knew that I, I really liked wow. it. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it as my job yet. Uh-huh. That was mm-hmm. that was much later on. But I, I definitely realized at the time where how much I enjoyed it. So I, I was surprised by myself too, honestly. Wow, that's right. so interesting. So, you know, you, you mentioned you dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. And dropping out of college, I guess, for many of us, especially in this, like, 
TCK community, TCK, CCK community, like, it's not the most common thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, a lot of people, when they try to drop out of college or, you know, take a break out of college, it, it's, it's not the easiest. Mm -hmm. Um, How did that feel for you? Like, how was the process? How would it feel? Okay. I guess I gotta, I gotta apologize before I get into this. Uh, I guess I kind of gave you guys the short version of the answer that I often do mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of why I dropped out of college. But I guess uh, I hope this is going to help a couple people out there that might be going through something similar. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll get a little bit more raw. Yeah. Uh, so the, the pretty answer is it's always nice. And it's true. Uh, you know, tuition's expensive and uh, going to college, I didn't feel like I was getting a whole lot of value out of it. But uh, at that time, with all the change and uh, living by myself for the first time, uh, you know, it was a lot of change. and I really got stressed out, I guess. And mentally, I was really not in a good spot. So Mm -hmm. that was also a big uh, I would also I would honestly say that's like 90 percent of the reason why I dropped Mm -hmm. out and why I stopped going to college. So it was almost like. I didn't have a choice. Like I, I, I just could not see myself going to another class. Like at right. that moment, it didn't seem important at all. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly dropped out without no plans. Just, I just needed a break from everything. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, I guess, you know, in a way it was lucky, you know, that I found something that I really like. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I have, you know, entrepreneurial tendencies. I never thought that yeah. I would really start my own business, but uh, there's a lot of personal development and character development. So that's kind of, so I'm not sure how I felt when I f- like first dropped out. Cause like at that time I was really depressed, like really, really, really in a bad spot. Like I could yeah. not think about the future. Like I didn't, I, I, I didn't believe in people. Like I had trust issues with people. I just wanted uh-huh. to be isolated. And I did, I did isolate myself for like a year almost I want to say because mm-hmm. it was very easy too that, you know, all my friends are in Japan, you know, it's not like I, I'd be in touch with everyone. So it's just like, I don't talk to anyone anymore. So it was very easy to isolate myself. Then, you know, I, you know, if I, if I make this in a, you know, a fun story a little bit, then, you know, I would say photography lifted out of my de- depression a little bit, you know, it, it got, mm-hmm. it made me a reason to go back out to the world and talk to other people. But right. yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the more, I guess, true or more real reason Mm-hmm. to my decision of not continuing to going to school. I think I would have, I think I would have kept going to school and just, just keep collecting debt. Honestly, if, if I did not get depressed, I think I want to say I did question it though, right. the value of how much, how much you're spending in the education and the degree that you're going to get. I did question if it's really worth it or not, but, mm-hmm. but I'm huh. pretty sure I still would have continued. Right. Yeah. How did the, like, was there, after you dropped out, like, was there a moment where you questioned what you were going to do and then you realized that you're not a student anymore and that you're going to have to start something new? Like, how was I, that? I was just living day by day, really. Mm-hmm. I did not have any capacity to, you know, really do anything. I was just, I was driving for Uber Eats. Uh, yeah. you know, cause like you can quit anytime, you know, if you want to do mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day, I could. And I was just not even in the capacity to be like having a part-time job standing for four hours or doing something like yeah. that would, that was just too much for me. So at the time I was just really taking it day by day and, you know, just, just slowly, really slowly. It took me a long time to get out of it, but about a year, I would say mm-hmm. after dropping out, I went to my first like local photo meetup. Uh, that mm-hmm. I saw on Instagram, there was like I don't mm-hmm. know, seven, eight people. And that was like, like mm-hmm. I would say almost like, a, you know, my first, like me getting back into society kind of thing. Right, right, right. So like, you know, like in the beginning, you mentioned about your uh, multicultural, intercultural mm-hmm. TCK, TCK background. Mm-hmm. And do you think that some part of your past and your background has something to do with the passion that you have right now? Uh Maybe, I mean, I could say so that like, you know, by experiencing different cultures, like, you know, it gives me a better sense of art or whatever, but like, not really, to be honest, honestly, uh, having multiple cultural like backgrounds helped me or, or this might be just living in Japan too, but, uh, I think it gives me a significant advantage over 
communicating with people because right. I, I try to, I think that I do a pretty good job uh, balancing how the Japanese language is and try to use like the better parts of the culture and impl- implementing it to talking with other people. So like, I do not like to raise conflict. I think Japanese right. style, we like to, we okay. do not like to say things directly. We like to say things in a kind of a curve ball, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. soften uh-huh. things up. So I think a lot of those kind of stuff helps me up, helps me a lot. And like just communicating with people because, you know, like a lot of business and, you know, stuff is, you know, you're just talking to people, making relationships. So I think being multicultural cultural and having the Japanese culture behind me and experiencing that helps me be a better communicator. So you moved to the States when, mm-hmm. uh, when you were going to be a senior and um, you talked about like the communication skills and whatnot. Um, how do you make peace of the differences? Because I know for myself, from my experience, when I move to one place to another, like I have to figure, I, I need time and I need to like process to like figure out what kind of personality or characteristics in, in, in terms of like communicating makes sense for me in that place when I want to also hold my like sincere my my personality and myself like it's really hard to like hold up both of it and to adapt with still um being true to myself mm-hmm. How yeah did that I, happen? it was it was uh it was uh it was definitely interesting uh like like I thought I was not going to experience a cultural shock at all really I yeah, thought it'd be same. a minor because uh, like you know like I'm half American you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my yeah. dad's white like I you know I I you know because like in Japan I'm treated as if I know everything right like everyone's asking like oh what's right. like America what's this what's that so like mm-hmm. you almost have a sense right, of feeling like right, oh, I'll be right. fine and then I went there and I was like, okay, now nah, this is not the same. <laughs> like, this is a uh, uh-huh, school uh-huh. is completely different. Like, uh-huh. you know, it was a big adjustment. And honestly, I'm not sure how I would like, if I was the same self me, like right now, what I know and how I feel went back to 17 and had uh-huh. to go through the same thing. I think the outcome would have been uh-huh. very different. But, uh, right, you know, me being 17 at the time and, and, and this led to bad things, but I, I think there's a big aspect of me of like trying to fit in. Like I, yeah. I, I really, there wasn't a whole lot of sense of me trying to like hold the ground with the Japan mm-hmm. or, you know, hold ground with my mm-hmm. previous self. I was just, I was just trying to fit in. I just wanted to make friends. Like I wanted to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that half of it, you know, led to really bad places of really not being myself mm-hmm. and then, you know, not being able to make friends in college and just, you know, I, I'm like, I was like, what am I doing? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, right. I'm not being myself. I'm not making friends. Like my friends barely take me seriously. Like I have meaningless relationships, you know, tuition's expensive. I didn't feel like I was learning any, everything. So it was just like, yo, so it's just like, yeah, so it just went to a very questionable place. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough question to answer because mm-hmm. like at the right. time and now is just so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know how you said, you know, I didn't really make a lot of friends in college and I had like meaningless, meaningless relationships that didn't, you know, really that you weren't really able to like resonate with and feel a lot of, um, into. Like when you think about how your state is right now, do you think that like those relationships that you mentioned, were they tangibly, you did have some relationships, but it was, was it just that like, oh, you didn't feel like they were actually people that you knew or were your friends just because you couldn't be yourself in front of them? Or is it that you just really didn't try to like connect with people because you just didn't, you just couldn't feel like you wanted to? I think there's a little bit of me not being myself, but I think mostly like if I was, if I, if I really had the approach of just being okay with myself, I think Uh if I spent enough time, I would definitely find my tribe you know like I would find right I would have you know met people that I really really like felt comfortable with but I guess just kind of that at the brief time that I was there I just I don't really don't think I quite met any people that even if I was the true me I'm not sure how excited they would be about it mm-hmm. right, yeah. right 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 yeah. right right so the most challenging thing you experienced 
be, uh, with this transition was the relationship with your friends or was there something else that really shocked you with the differences of culture? Yeah, I mean, I also enjoyed a lot of it. I do have to say mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just how more things are more independent. I guess you have, you're, yeah. you're given more freedom in the States, especially mm-hmm. at 16, you can start driving a little uh-huh. bit. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. people are more, you know, mobile going to places. You can also uh, have part-time jobs, uh, at mm-hmm. least for the school that we went to, we were not allowed to have part-time jobs, nor I don't think for the, a lot of most of us did not even have the time or capacity to mm-hmm. take a part-time mm-hmm. job. But, but over here, mm-hmm. it's very common to people have part-time jobs. So people have money and, you know, it's just kind of a, it was definitely, I definitely enjoyed that kind of stuff too. Uh, but it was definitely challenging at first. Like, you know, I thought I was going to be introduced to the entire school or at least my grade or something that, Hey, like mm-hmm. you guys or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it would have been right. easier, but you know, mm-hmm. I just got tossed into a classroom mm-hmm. uh, and like, no one knows me. I don't know anyone. And mm-hmm. then you just go to classroom to classroom with different students. Mm-hmm. So like, that was, that was interesting. Right. Like, I was just like, you know, I didn't know what to do or where to go or where to mm-hmm. start because everyone knows each other at that point, you know, senior right. year, like everyone right. has friends yeah. They're They're, they're with friends and, you know, you're just kind mm-hmm. of the odd random kid in the classroom. So, so that kind of stuff was definitely difficult uh like i had to get used to speaking up a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, i had to get used to uh in in japan you know uh i can't get the exact word right now in english you know kyocho se a little bit mm-hmm. uh, you know there's kind of a there's this natural you know it's yeah. not spoken but like you care about what happens around yeah. you not creating disturbance right 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 so it's like that harmony yeah. and collective yeah mindset. so like that, that wasn't that really does didn't exist much mm-hmm. over here on a social or community scale mm-hmm. i felt like so right. so like just getting used to like you know being more independent speaking my mind or saying things that i need or you know you're not going to get it like just the typical stuff but i definitely it was definitely challenging like yeah. in a many in a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of aspects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right so wait, so you, 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 you were tossed into your classroom, so the teacher didn't even give you an opportunity to, like, introduce yourself or anything? No. Wow. I mean, honestly, so looking back at it, I, I don't know how I was so, I had the confidence or even to do it. I'm surprised. Like, me now probably would have not, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember it was a math class. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, I think the teacher asked, because, like, you know, over there, uh, school year changes in September. Uh, yeah. or August in some places Arizona, I guess I don't know. So the teacher was like, Hey, so like who did someone go anywhere in summer vacation or something? And I and I was like, Yeah, I came from Japan. Uh so yeah, I was in Japan in front of the uh-huh. entire class. I don't know how mm-hmm. I did it. But uh so uh-huh. I feel like after a couple days later, uh-huh. uh uh this girl approached me and she was like, Hey, like uh, me and my friends hang out after school. Uh, I heard that you just moved here. If you want to like come hang out with us, like feel free to. So like that mm-hmm. was, that was like my first kind of step into like mm-hmm. starting to make friends and stuff, which was mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. It's kind of, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that your dad was American and that your mom was Japanese mm-hmm. and you moved to the States for your senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? Like, uh, like, like from living with my mom to living with my dad. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems like you've, you know, changed. You had a lot of change out, like outside the outside your house, of course, like, you know, you moved to one culture to another, but like you also had the transition of like living with one parent with another parent. And so like, how did that impact you? Like the whole, the whole thing. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I guess I never really thought too much about that topic, but like, so my parents got divorced when I was 12, I think, or 13. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but my dad was still living in Japan till I was 15. Uh, And I I think I was going kind of back and forth, you know, kind of, uh, you know, maybe I might spend like a week with my mom, then a week with my dad or three days or three nights, something, right? So Uh like, I kind of, I kind of knew like what, like what it was like living with my mom and living with my Uh dad so it wasn't like a big surprise in any sense uh but I guess I would say like my mom would take care of me a little bit more you know like yeah and uh you know she would kind of do things around the house a little bit more uh 
compared to my dad. So definitely I did a little bit of a adjustment there, but I think that's, a, that's about it. Mm. Yeah. How do you think of your mom after you've like lived apart for a while when you were in Japan, like you went back and forth, but now that you're like in the States with your dad, like you, I'm pretty sure you don't have a lot of time um, as much as you used to with your mom. Like, did that change how you saw your mom or you thought about your mom? Uh, I think I did a, I think I did a pretty good job even to this day. Uh, if, when I was in Japan and my, my, when my dad was over here, like I still, we still talked over the phone. Like I stayed in touch. Like, you know, I told him like what was going on in school or, you know, what was going outside of school. And I still do the same now with my mom where, you know, I'll talk to my mom or we'll text, you know, pretty regularly, you know, keeping her updated with, you know, what my life looks like or with my friends or work or stuff. So, uh, I think, I think that's, you know, kind of been, you know, my communication or how I've been being in touch. But uh, I, I definitely realized that. And, and I know this is because like now when I go back to Japan, it's like on vacation, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of, you yeah. know, so, uh, it, it, you know, and my mom, you know, I freaking love my mom, but she would like do everything for me. Right. And and uh, so mm-hmm. it would be like, yeah, I don't know, like I do have a deeper appreciation now for it mm-hmm. that I can't believe it. I think my mom used to just do that all the time but especially now that I'm back right. and, you know my mom mm-hmm. wants to take care of me mm-hmm. and everything so it's like yeah. Yeah. so I'm like wow this is crazy like like I I, ba- I barely did anything today around the house you know so mm-hmm. right right yeah. right yeah yeah so I kind of want to go back to the your life in Japan because like we talked um pretty much about the you know your life in the states and how transitions influence you but you live longer in japan or mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same yep. now uh, uh i still have more years in japan okay so yeah. when you were in japan did you ever had an experience like oh i'm i'm japanese or like oh no i'm actually more foreigners mm. or didn't really I- I guess like it it helped a lot being in a school, um, you know, especially middle school, high school, being in a public international school that there's, you know, so many kids from around the world, mm-hmm. you know, packed into one, you know, one grade, 80 kids. So that's like that helped a lot like that. Like looking back at it, that experience was, I think, big for me because like, you know, you fit in so well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sometimes a little difficult to fit and even you speak the language and everything just because how you look or your last mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like it's sometimes you, you kind of stand out even it's not like you're trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that that was like a very I think I was very lucky that I was able to go to that kind of school. But there's definitely moments uh, where, you know, you kind of are treated a little bit more as a mm-hmm. foreigner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did it. it, it, it in general for me it doesn't bother me too much mm-hmm. if someone like treated me as a foreigner or if you know if i had like some obvious racism or something if mm-hmm. i ever experienced that which you know it doesn't really happen too often i think but th- then you know i might have been like oh that's not cool or you know i might have mm-hmm. ignored something but o- o- overall i think uh i think it was pretty cool at, at least i don't know in japan there's this thing of hahu you know like mm-hmm. being mixed mm-hmm. uh you know they have they like to lift up people that are mixed yes. for some reason. For some yep. reason in Japan, if you're mixed, people like to praise you for no absolute mm-hmm. no reason. So uh, you know, it's not like it's not like it's it's really living a difficult life, I think, for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm mixed too. And mm-hmm. because of the way I look, I can look uh, very Japanese, but once I started talking or once I started sharing my like self-introduction, there people would be like, oh. Like they were kind of like step back a little, yeah. mm. and that was like I'm. I was very um, sensitive about it because mm-hmm. I grew up outside of Japan. So coming back to Japan and like encountering that, I was like, okay, this is a little weird. I don't know why it's. I I like people reacted that way. So like I had a lot of um, difficulty getting like adjust to mm. life in Japan. Yeah, but uh, before middle school, you were in like local public elementary school, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah, just just local local elementary school. Um, 
I went to two elementary schools, uh, switched schools when I was, what, in second grade. So, uh, but like you definitely, you definitely, uh, it's an easy target to be picked on. Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely that you look different, you know, apparently when you're young, that's, that's enough (laughs) (laughs) to take someone, you know? Uh, so I mean, you know, there's definitely, uh, not so enjoyable moments, but overall looking back at it, I don't think anything was like too ridiculously, you know, bad or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, of course I got picked on and, you know, if you, if you want to use the word bully, bullied, sure. But like, I, I don't know. I think it was pretty normal had a lot of friends had some fun times so I just like wish that um some of my other friends that come from the same middle school and high school from us like they also say this too but like I wish that they have this they give this they give a little bit of um an insight or like (laughs) they teach us a little bit of how reality actually looks like outside of the school environment because as like Ken mentioned um I guess for a lot of people who went to like international school, like international school environments, it it's like so normal that they fit into like a very complicated fabric of, it seems pretty, I don't know. It seems really normal to like be able to fit into that when you're in school and when you're in that environment. But like when you get out of that place and you graduate and then you, especially when you go into like a pretty homogeneous society like Japan or somewhere else maybe like in the states like like you like Arizona is not you know it's not like the most diverse state in the states right so like when you get into that place in into those environments like you don't know how you're supposed to exist (laughs) Mm. at first Mm. yeah I mean that I I, yeah I, I only can imagine it, uh, yeah, because like, I mean, even you say Arizona is not that diverse, you know, America in general is pretty diverse, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, as long as you stay in the city, uh, if you go to the countryside, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not too sure. I hear some other questionable stories, but, you know, Phoenix is big enough where right. uh, if I really at this point, if I really did not explain that I'm from Japan or my mom's side's Japanese, people would not even question if i was in japan uh people just kind of treat me as an american and for for me it's very easy going Mm -hmm. uh just the kind of the overall atmosphere and interaction with people for me it's very it's very easy kind of thing just kind of relax no one really cares about you know uh, unless i'm like really getting to know someone i don't have to explain details or you know people don't treat me differently people just treat me as another person so so you for your business so your photography business I know it's like really going really well and I'm really um, proud of your work it's really beautiful um I know you mentioned this concept for your business about like video business cards and how you have this like theme of oh like I'll help tell your story through your videos and so I was just really curious about like how you got to that concept like I'm pretty like how did you get to this unique theme of like, oh, I'm going to deliver your uniqueness mm-hmm. Through, mm-hmm. through my creation of videos. So I guess I'm going to have to uh, share some secrets that uh, I have never quite uh, shared before. Ooh. So the video business <laughs> card form itself, it's not like I made it. Uh, there's this... Uh, video community i guess or it, it's it, it really goes back to these two people that uh, own a very successful business and they help other uh videographers grow their business and as a tool they kind of started this format of a video business card and right. they they got very successful in it and they kind of explained their secrets of like hey this is how we do it and you know they, their thing is they're selling courses you know, to how to do it, but they also give out a lot of free information. So to all there, I joined their Facebook group and, you know, I kind of went through whatever free information that there was and kind of stitched everything together. And I I really like the concept of video business card where, you know, rather than explaining or really trying to sell what you do, it's more selling of, you know, why you're doing it Mm because, you know, starting Mm -hmm. a business, it's not easy. Like it's, it's really not easy to start a business and to continue and to be profitable. Like, 
there's a lot of setbacks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really difficult. So I like the concept of being able to communicate that factor, that push of like, okay, so like, why did you become a realtor? Why did you become a mortgage mm-hmm. lender? Like I thought that was like, that was not something that was a lot done yet. I think in the market, it was fairly fresh idea. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I kind of got the idea and to package and sell it in a format. That is very inspiring because like, even me, I like the story so much. So when I buy a product or something, when there is like a value of like, hey, here's the background about how this product came to be or the service came to be, it's always a appealing points for me. So like if I see your business cards, probably I would like first thing that come up on my mind would be like, hmm, I want to know the story of this photographer. Like how is he going to, you know, frame the objects or the person he is like looking at so I'm very curious that is there any parts of your life that like influence that um, inspirational like hey I'm going to tell the story part is there any points that resonate with you uh yeah I think it's uh the big factor is it's just and I, and I talk a little bit about this too in my website, but uh, it's about what sparks creativity. You know, I think this is a very interesting subject for all of us. We all, I, I believe that we are all creative in some sort of capacity. It might not be directly, you know, painting or directly, you know, music or something, but I believe we're all creative in some way. And and when people have inspiring stories, why, let's say, you know, why they started, I don't know, their handmade, candle business or mm-hmm. something right like they, they but they have a story or their their passion and when i hear that and uh, it just kind of i i it an image pops up in my head i guess essentially or or when i hear certain things when i look at some stuff i'm like it pops up in my head of like wow if i could you know kind of frame it in this way i can communicate this person's passion mm-hmm. to other people so i guess right, that's right. kind of where i guess i draw inspiration and stuff mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully that answered the question yeah yeah. Then how about for you? Like, what's what's a story that you would like to tell when you when you would what you would like want to deliver when you would yeah. introduce yourself first or when you want to like talk about yourself to people? What what I want other people to think about me or? Yeah, like what do you what do you want them to know like at first? That's a good question. I I guess that. I mean, the thing that com- pops up into my head and I, and I, 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 I have definitely have better other interesting answers, but because uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, relates to my business is that I do a lot of promotional videos. So it's on mm-hmm. it's B2B uh, helping other business owners, entrepreneurs grow their business. So mm-hmm. I like to uh, I like to kind of go deep a little bit more into their business and really, really yeah. do the math and figure out if it's if this is going to be a, if it's going to be worth it for them. Right. Because uh, I want to help their business grow. And if they're going to, let's say, do a video just because their competitor did it or just because something else and it's just the math doesn't work out, uh, you know, I might offer other solutions or sometimes they're hitting a problem and maybe video is not the solution. Right. right. So that that's something that I care a lot. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not interested in to make a quick, quick dollar. I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm really excited about. I'm way more excited if I can actually make a difference in someone's business. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's something mm-hmm. that I want people to know about if they're going to work with me or just in general. I, I, I really care about that. Right. Uh-huh. So it seems like you have a very, like a strong purpose and the missions with your business. Is there anything that inspires you to be this way? Your uh, yeah, value that kind of made it to be this way. Well, I feel like I have talked a lot of like, I don't know, not cliche, but we were really on the path of like kind of, you know, inspiration and motivation, all this good stuff. So like I'll if I'll get real for, you know, two seconds, like there's definitely one factor of like, you know, I'm breaking it down to like, how can I make more money? Right. And so that definitely uh you know, I have to dig deeper a little bit and try to differentiate myself from other people or, you know, have more focus. And of course, I want to serve and help people, but also 
by being able to do a better job at helping other people, I'm going to be able to help myself. So, you know, to, to the point of like all that, you know, good fun stuff, there's always, I'm also thinking about myself. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of like the inspiration, like motivational, like factor into trying to go the extra mile. It's because I know it's going to come back to me. So what I really appreciate about you is that like, although you have this, like, you know, this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mindset, this like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like this go, go, go kind of mm-hmm. um, mind, you also put a lot of significance into like, you know, taking a break, taking care of yourself and like, you know, that mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's something and what's like one thing that you have taken out of your experience of like that that time of like being depressed and you being this like really inspiring entrepreneur right now uh yeah I mean I guess like why I put emphasis on self-care and stuff is because like well it's something that I got better recently I would say uh, Mm because I realized that important like I'm really uh like noticing the importance of it I guess but yeah like I try to put myself in the center of life, I mm-hmm. guess, because I, I not I used to not quite think that way, but uh, I yeah. need to make sure that I'm functioning well to do my business and to do all other aspects of life. So I'm really, you know, to, to put it in a little bit fancy way, you know, I'm really trying to take care of my physical th- self, you know, um, my mental side. And then also, you know, your financial side, I think, because all of that kind of it correlates together. Uh, it, you know, I think if one sector starts to fall down, then other places are going to start to struggle. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, even if I did really well a month, one month and business, but if I didn't take care of myself at all, mm-hmm. you know, then the next month there's, there's no consistency to it. Like I'm not going to be able to do it long-term. So I guess that's where I, I really try to be careful not to be too hard on myself if I didn't have a good uh-huh. month or if business didn't go well, like things don't go well all the time. Like I try to remind myself that like, Hey, like it's okay. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. things will be fine. Just make sure that you, you do your basics of taking care of yourself and right. you know, you'll have another shot at it. So I try not to stress out too much. Uh, stressing just doesn't sound good to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> try not to stress out yeah. and just take care of myself. Yeah. I can agree with that a lot. And it took me so long. It took me, with a cost like I was like working 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 and when I realized again it was like I'm physically um like not in a good place mentally not in a good um place so it took me like a long time to realize that uh but like listening to your story you seem to have like you also went through a lot it was there any like significant event that made you realize that uh or just like yeah just yeah just serious just just a lot of just I felt like life was crushing on top of me and I don't know I felt Mm -hmm. like I felt like I was never gonna get out of it or be okay again um so that that was just like such a big and uh yeah it was just like a just a real rough time makes you you know Mm -hmm. appreciate some stuff just the basic stuff like my 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 happiness line I think is much more lower than everyone else's uh Mm -hmm. you know I just try to keep things neutral from my experience like I don't I try not to overcomplicate things try to keep things Mm -hmm. simple keep life simple and I don't know (laughs) I'm I'm much happier now so it's super cool though Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So like I talked with Yasu Hassan about this like in our last episode as well. And I I and this is also something that I talk a lot with you, Kim, but like mm-hmm. what do you think about this um positive energy that we're constantly getting on like social media? I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's better than negativity. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I would state that. Like it's definitely better than negativity, but um mm-hmm. there so I guess because like my social media is like the people that I follow and is geared towards around more like, you know, like freelancing, entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. stuff. So there's Mm -hmm. there's tons of motivation just pouring out of my phone every single second. Right. So, yeah, (laughs) I, I understand that it's easy to be in the and this is not just for people that are like, you know, uh, self employed. This is for everyone. But like, 
you know, it really makes you feel like if you're not happy 24 seven, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you think Absolutely. that like, if you're not on private jets, drinking mimosas on a freaking Wednesday, like <laughs> you're not successful, you know, like there's, there's so much exactly. like, me- like just cause like someone has a million followers does not mean they're making so much money. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. not, it, it quite doesn't work like that. And like, I don't know, just this, yeah, there's, like it's just like you got to be able to regulate it by yourself right Uh, right yeah yeah the type of positivity and it's forced or not so I for the most part I feel like we just kind of have to you know be able to be more positive without the social media or Mm. really being motivated uh actually like today this is something that I saw a couple times Uh, actually this this is slightly slightly not with positivity but they said like uh motivation can only take you so far and uh, uh-huh. discipline yeah. is the one that's going to like get you farther and kind of stuff and I was like yeah I kind of like that you know like mm-hmm. I think it kind of goes mm-hmm. to positivity of you don't need this positivity hit from social to function in your right. life you know they, right. you should have things that like you want to do or you want to achieve or you want to experience this is a big one there's uh, a lot mm-hmm. of motivational motivating factors or why I try to do certain things because I want to experience certain things and in order to experience right. certain things, I need to now, you know, work or do uncomfortable mm-hmm. things or difficult things. So that's kind of my quick, my, my two cents, my intuition on uh, the, the amount of t- and the type, the type of positivity that we see right now. Right, right, yeah. right. Like you mentioned how it's better to be happy um, within yourself and get that happiness within yourself than to get it from social media and get get it from like an external source so for me I think it's common for a lot of people as well and you also mentioned this you said that your bar and your level of like determining happiness is a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than everybody else Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure like a lot of your experiences with like you know having hard times or going through hardships and adversity has had a lot of impacts on that but like how are you able to keep that up even after you know, your business is going well, and you're doing a lot better right now, because it's something that I have to work on as well. But like, when I'm having a hard time, I really acknowledge and appreciate every single piece that I have around me. But then when I get better, I start to like, kind of, in a way, like lose track of that. Yeah, I, I got a I got a good one for you, Tomoka. And, and this is like, and this is like, hey, like a lot of stuff that I say, it's not like it almost sounds like I have things figured out, but it's really not like that. You know, like I'm I'm trying every day, you know, and like hypnotizing myself almost a little bit, you know, but but uh, like I, I, I do this, too. But like, I think the why I said, like, you have to be happy with yourself and not look at social is because like we're comparing ourselves to everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when things yeah. I feel like immediately you search not be happy because like oh, there's so many people out there that are like doing such a good job within my own industry. You know, like Uh there's people that are my same age, people that are younger, Mm -hmm. that have, you know, they absolutely do an amazing job. And, and once my mindset goes into like comparing myself, like I'm going to start to feel unhappy because I'm going to feel like, well, I should be there. I should be doing it. And then I check my reality. Mm -hmm. Am I actually doing the things that I need to get there? Then if it's a no, then, you know, that's just, that's just a real depressing moment. You know, it's just unhappiness. So, so I always try not to compare myself because I just, I, yeah, I've, I've been lucky. I've been fortunate that I met a lot of a decent amount of, you know, pretty successful people. And it's not like everyone has life figured out. Like literally money is like really not, making people happy so Mm. i'm just like and you know you just never know what's going on in other people's life so whenever i almost kind of go down the route of like kind of not being happy or comparing myself Mm. i just try to remember myself like well i'm me like no one went through what i had to go through you know no one knows no one really knows what happens behind closed doors and i don't know what's happening in their life they look successful they look happy they look like they have everything together but i guarantee like most likely that's not the case and you know they might Mm -hmm. be successful now but they might have 20 years of just working hard like pure work without anyone noticing like that's possibility too so so like uh when if i ever try to go you know that unhappy route i just try Mm -hmm. to remember myself of like just look at myself just work on myself and i'll be fine right Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) that's actually what i needed to hear the most today (laughs) I had a little bit of a rough day today, so mm-hmm. that actually, mm-hmm. yeah, is meant to be. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Happens when it happens. I know that a lot of people right now, especially in this situation where like COVID is hitting and we're facing a lot of uncertainty, how do you keep yourself focused on the stuff that you are like wanting to pursue in the end when you are not the most not in the most stable situation that you are like you mentioned you know like you started photography at a Mm -hmm. not 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 at the earliest age possible Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so how do you how do you do that i mean i guess no i i get it i guess it's you're kind of asking like like you know like how do you start and how do you keep that energy going right and and especially now that it's it's more difficult to keep mm-hmm. things going when there's so many other you know essential crisis happening every other day almost mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i i guess i'm just gonna say it uh i really do yeah. think you can pretty much do whatever you want in life uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's this there was this big unlock for me after kind of coming out of a depression and stuff is like Cause like I had this time where I was like just living day to day, and then I was like, okay, like I'm no longer gonna live day to day. Like I'm I, I'm I'm gonna you know go back and you know go do something in life, you know, not just be miserable all the time. So like I I, I had a real good moment to think about like what I wanted to do and things, and then I kind of realized a little bit of like if someone else is being able to do it, like for the most part, there shouldn't be a really reason why I can't do what the other person is doing. Mm. Um, so that, that really, that, that was like a big moment for me that really, I felt it. And I like believed the thing that I just said, like, I really believed it. Uh, you know, as I played a lot of tennis growing up, you know, I know a little bit about how difficult, uh, the tennis society is to become a professional, you know? Yeah. Uh, so like, if I said, Hey, I want to be a professional tennis player right now. Okay. Now we're getting into some questionable, you know, slightly delusional maybe sections, but for the most part, I think mm-hmm. uh, you can pretty much do really whatever you want. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. information is pretty much free. Just go Google something and figure out, you know, someone has an answer. So uh, that that's one thing. And another thing is just like, I, for me, I really can't find anything better to do than taking photos and videos right now. I mean, are, there's uh-huh. other interests that I have, you know uh-huh. uh and you know i i can't wait to you know add more hobbies and start having fun with other things but of course like i trade my skill for money and you know not every single job is like super exciting you know but yeah but but still like i, I wouldn't really trade it for other stuff like i can't imagine you know going back working at pet smart so mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of like making sure that like i i see my progress like I, I see where I used to be and where I'm at right now. And then I have a good feeling of like, I, I feel the momentum and then I feel, I look at the future and then I look at the past now future. And then I'm like, okay, I don't have high expectations to be at anywhere at any point, but I've been, the business has been, you know, photo, photo video has been going in the direction faster than I thought. So mm-hmm. that's kind of mm-hmm. what, what keeps me going. It, it's just, looking at the future and thinking things that I want to do. And, you know, right now the, what I'm supposed to do is, you know, take photos and videos. So, mm. wow. Yeah. Your sounds like very, you know, like someone go, go and risk taker. That's like the <laughs> impression yeah, I got. I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. Today. So I guess I should, I should say, um, <laughs> so I feel like we're so lucky in a way that we, we get to live in the internet age uh-huh. where, you yeah. know, we get to, you know, read or, tap into other people's brains you know all these famous entrepreneurs motivational speakers authors musician artists like endless right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and uh i think i think i want to say it was elon musk or maybe other person mm-hmm. too but like it hits really home is that like like right now 20 like being in your 20s is the easiest time to take a risk Mm, like, yeah, for, for the definitely. most part, and and definitely. like wow. in in that sense, I don't think I'm taking enough risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, it's not like and, and it's not like you know, it's not like self being self employed is right. It's not like you know, being a business owner is right. Like everyone should just do what makes them happy and try to make a roadmap towards that. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, like 
everyone's different. Like, seriously, I really believe in this. Like, sometimes, you know, it's better off if you're working for a company. Like, sometimes that, that, that works super well. So, like, it's not like everyone needs to take risks. But I think if, you're, if you have it somewhere in you or you have interests or you're super excited and passionate about something, but you're not doing it because if you want safety or other things, I, you know, then I'll be like, maybe you sure about that? Like, maybe you mm-hmm. want to give it a shot or like, you know, the worst case scenario is it, do- it doesn't work out. You tried it for two years. You still have, you know, like 40, 50, 60 years to live and, you know, do other things. So, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, for me, like at this point, like it doesn't feel like I'm taking risk anymore. Wow. Like, it's really, I'm not like, it's really not that. Mm-hmm. I guess you get used, used to it too, but I don't, I don't think it's that risky what I'm doing. Playing it safe. <laughs> yeah to, to becoming an entrepreneur like come naturally to you not really to be honest at the far mm. at, at, at the first beginning not really uh i thought that i liked photography videography more and i still do if someone asked me like if someone i had to give a ratio of being a photographer and being a business person like i'm still like 75 percent photo mm. video but mm. as as more Cause like, you know, if I wanted to make a job, just like they say, the music industry, you know, uh, the music business, like, you know, there's the business afterwards, the same thing in the creative freelance community, like, unless you're super good and like you're skilled, your skill itself is so amazing that people will just come to you. Then Mm -hmm. like, yes, there's a very small percent of people that you do not need almost any business skills. You'll just make so much money doing it. But for the most part, for the, for the rest of us, uh, it's really not like that. You have to figure out or you have to learn a little bit of how to communicate business because you need to be able to talk in that that language and communicate or you're not going to get paid your value, I guess. Uh, so you have to learn the business side. And as I was learning, you know, it's it's somewhat interesting. I do enjoy the process more and more. But at the beginning, uh, it did not come natural to me. Uh, it felt mm. weird, but, mm. but, the, but, but, and I think it also has to do with, cause it's something that you used to do it for free. You know, it's a right. hot, but you're transi- right. transitioning into charging someone. So that, mm-hmm. that entire process is super awkward. You know, I yeah. think a lot of freelance people and creatives struggle with communicating about pricing, mm-hmm. communicating about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, right. the, you know, contract or just kind of all the business side. It's difficult. You kind of freak out. And I used to freak out and it's difficult, but then, yeah. you know, little by little you gain confidence and then, you know, you help out people and you see your video being used and market and advertised mm-hmm. and, you know, you have confidence and you, you start to understand what you're doing a little bit more than like talking the business side actually isn't scary. It's fairly fun going back to the more beginning of like being able to help them. I care about that a mm-hmm. lot. Cause like sometimes some stuff I'm confident that, Oh, like this is about to make a difference or sometimes right. I'm like, well, you know, like if it's going to make a difference or not, it's really up to them. Like, it's not like I can mm-hmm. do a whole lot with what, mm-hmm. you know, how close mm-hmm. we're about to work. So, so mm-hmm. I guess it just mm-hmm. kind of, it just kind of goes back to that really. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is so powerful. <laughs> it's like, you make it sound so simple to be honest. Like the mm-hmm. way you say, the way you, you know, describe things, mm-hmm. but like each of them are actually like, you know, takes a lot to, oh, yeah. you know, reach <laughs> oh, yeah. to be where you are right now and like continue to be better and mm-hmm. yeah, just do what you like. It's not something that's, you know, easy to do. Like you said, there's so much that happens behind and in between everything so it's just like, yeah i mean t- totally i mean yeah. do you guys want to do you guys want to hear I, maybe i mentioned tomoka once maybe i don't know but uh uh this is like a good story of when i was first starting out uh this is some of my i have like two stories that i really messed up uh but uh, i guess i'll share one of this so when i was first starting out i was gonna i was doing free headshots to get some exposure right and uh my friend uh, essentially was able to get me into uh, in front of group of realtors. And I just did not have the quite amount of experience that I should have doing it. But at the beginning, really, you know, you're just going to say yes to everything. Like, 
these kind mm-hmm. of mistakes are going to happen to everyone really i swear so and and that was my moment where i did it for free luckily that was fine but i did it for like i don't know 12 13 14 people and the pictures just did not come out really good oh uh mm-hmm. now if that ever happens i'm not going to send them back you know i would be like i'll apologize mm-hmm. and redo it in the right way mm-hmm. but at the time mm-hmm. i didn't know what i was doing so i just kind of sent them back and then i felt so bad because like my friend hooked me up on that you know mm-hmm. kind of gig mm-hmm. thing so like from him i heard like hey like other people hire different photographers to take their photo and stuff mm-hmm. so like you know that that's mm-hmm. just like you know but like these kind of things happen and like mm-hmm. y- you just have to have to learn from it and make sure that okay this was a great learning lesson mm-hmm. i'm not mm-hmm. gonna do that again checked mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. cool like we're gonna move on and you know it hurts for a while mm-hmm. and, and uh luck i had something similar on a different completely different job but luckily i didn't charge up front or it was kind of free halfway mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. but there's times where people told me that like i my phone takes better photos like and 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 yeah i mean i I probably yeah like kind of like my photos weren't that good i wasn't sure what i was doing but so like yeah definitely like it comes along with like some setbacks Mm -hmm. like things doesn't work out all the time like bad things does happen you know you you learn from your lessons uh i I don't think it's that big of a failure or you know it's not like failing or anything it's just like you just gotta learn it happens Mm -hmm. so uh it just in case you know Mm -hmm. two people that are listening please hope you can uh if anything happens don't worry about it mm-hmm. uh you'll just learn from it and you'll grow and you'll be completely fine mm-hmm. i think by the way do you have any um plan to write a book or <laughs> uh, i don't know maybe one day who knows I joke, about, I, I, yeah. I joke about that with my mom but like yeah i don't know because i, I turn, can't like, 30, see that 35. you know i'm yeah. I'm no one, but I can see that it's happening. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's like a very a strong message to people in any stage of life. That's how. Damn, sudden, su- suddenly now you say that like this feels so embarrassing. Hey, <laughs> we're, being, we're being we're being super vulnerable today, guys. Well, it's it's like this. This is what I kind of always get the energies from like i really like listening to people's stories and Mm. that really reminds me of like okay okay yeah yeah because like i have a serious issue of (laughs) self-doubt and like those words are not new right like there's Mm. like you hear Mm. people say so many times Mm. so i try to like no tell that to myself too but a lot of the time doesn't work but it always works when other people say it to me mm. so mm, i feel that i feel that yeah. I, I mean i hear it all the time i just hear it from youtube <laughs> <laughs> uh, other people <laughs> yeah but when it comes to your you know real experience it's more convincing too mm. it's really powerful like mm. personal stories are really powerful and i feel like that power that it gives and the energy that it gives you is super different to just an exposure to some content whether Mm. it's on a book or it's online or Mm. just anywhere and do you do you feel that by like you know um doing photography and videography Ken? i i definitely think so i think uh storytelling is still to this day a little underrated um yeah it's definitely definitely like like because i another thing i think is that we are as i guess consumers we are significantly changing where we put focus on like uh mm-hmm. i think yesaha mm-hmm. said earlier too that when you're buying a product or something you're curious you want to know how it's made or why they started it right uh even for me uh it, whenever i buy something like when i impulse buy it's always to the story or to the community. If I'm buying a clothes right. or something, just because the community and their messaging goes so along with what I believe that I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So right, I right. think on like, yeah. So I think storytelling and, and, and really telling stories is only the way to create that type of super intimate mm-hmm. uh, connection. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I do. I do think sometimes when I'm telling, I just, was lucky that I met some really cool people and really cool stories and we were able to make it into a video and and yeah I I, I think it makes a difference I think uh you know if I talk about super businessy stuff for a second like I think you attract the right type of people when you do that 
Mm-hmm. When I put when I put yeah. out my story, it attracts the type of people that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. So, right, so right, I think in right. that sense too, just video and storytelling is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Totally. Thank you so much for like you know coming to our um, podcast and being vulnerable. Like you said, it was uh, very vulnerable conversations and. Being honest, telling, sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, I think it goes both ways. I really, if I need it, you know, you need this kind of opportunity to really open up. I never really talked a lot of things publicly, so uh, thanks mm-hmm. for having me on. So Ken, like, how can people like follow you um, in other platforms? Like, just yeah, anywhere. totally. Uh, Instagram is Ken underscore my last name moinester m-o-i-n-e-s-t-e-r and uh if you guys want to check out my website it's uh kenmoinester.com right i hope a lot of people like i always do get inspired and mm-hmm. are able to look a little bit forward with your stories and everything that we talked about today so thanks so much ken thank you for listening and thanks for listening the next episode. Bye. Bye.